1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. We are going to get into a conversation with Dr. Marina Hoffman. She's a Bible professor in South Florida and the author of the award-winning book, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study, which is available on Amazon. She's an advocate for faith, family, and freedom in Palm Beach County. And she's also a homeschool mom, but she has a story to tell. Good morning to you, Marina. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And I hope that all our listeners today are having a great morning. Yeah, thank you so much, Marina. I know that uh, through your study of women in the Bible, you focus on Mary, especially around this time of year. And, And let me just start with this kind of a question, Marina. I mean, how can somebody experience meaning and joy this season? But but I if you could, I'd like to start with your story so you can give people a little bit of the backdrop of your backstory. Yes, I certainly thought that both joy and peace would be impossible for my life after I was in a car wreck that played just a terrible toll on my body and my husband's body. But in time, our physical injuries healed, but I was left with a severe brain injury and the the impact of trauma with PTSD and anxiety and depression all the time. So the journey of recovery for those issues was longer and really day by day and sometimes minute by minute. But God is so faithful. And through the journey of recovery, five years later, I was really a new person, so restored. And I got pregnant against all odds. So God was so gracious. But I think part of God's grace was allowing me to suffer and grow and learn so much about trusting Him. Okay, so uh, let me explore that just a little bit deeper, if I could, Marina. You said that one of the grace that was given to you was being able to suffer, and we don't put those two things together here as followers of Christ in the West. And I know you talk about Mary's story and how that all kind of comes together. Take us through a little bit of that about the grace of suffering. Well, I'll be honest, Tom, that when things are going great and I'm happy and don't have any big needs, my prayers, I mean, I still pray, but can I say it's a little bit trite and quick, and it certainly doesn't have the heart and earnestness that I will pray with when I'm facing trials or close ones are facing trials, and I think I can apply that across the board. You know, it's the times when I'm going through suffering and sorrow or maybe uncertainty or fear that I dig into God's Word and I pray and I reach out to my husband for prayer. So I think we can all resonate with growing during hard times. I just had really hard times, 
So I really grew a lot. Well, Marina, thank you so much for just sharing honestly, because people people need that, especially um, during this season where they might have an expectation in their heart to feel differently about about their suffering that they may be going through or loss that they are having to face. And everyone has something that they have to overcome. But how do you really overcome the anxiety and depression that goes along with it? How do you get through it? Well, for many years, for two or three years in my life, it was day by day, minute by minute, trusting the Lord. And I remember there was a time when I was sitting on the couch, maybe three months after the accident, and I was so miserable. I just wanted chocolate, Tavi. And I thought, oh, I if only I could drive. If only I mm. could just go down the road and get some. And then reality hit me. I was We had moved to the middle of nowhere to help me just find peace again. We lived on a dirt road. It was the winter and all of our neighbors had gone south. I mean, there was no one around. I could drive. And as soon as that thought entered my head, I thought, oh, no. That means I'm going to have to because I can't sit here knowing the solution is right possible. So it was terrifying. But I got in the car for the first time and, you know, my my knuckles were white. I was shaking. I don't even remember what I bought at the store or if I bought anything. I just remember that I drove back home, you know, five minutes. My my hands were stuck to the wheel because they were so tense. I couldn't lose my muscles. But Tubby, that was the start of me moving forward with my life because, of course, the second time I got into the car, it was much easier. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a picture of my recovery that I kept, you know, jumping in the deep end, terrified. And yet the next time I had to take a leap again, it got easier until it was more of a nuisance, this anxiety that was always with me, um, you know, just growing and asking God for a new normal asking God to restore my joy. And I mean, we could talk a bit about community. That was huge as well. I had to step out back into society. And I think that's something many people can resonate with. It's hard to build friendships, but the people around us, for me, were very key to my healing. You picked a great time to listen because right now we're speaking with our good friend, Dr. Marina Hoffman, sharing a little bit about her life journey filled with trauma and suffering. But those opportunities actually drew her closer to her relationship with Christ. And so it's just great to have you with us again, Marina, on Mornings with Tom and Toby. Thank you so much. So, Marina, you know, during times like these, we need to lean on each other. But sometimes we feel like we've gone through something so painful, we can't even imagine that good could come out of it. Can you speak to that? That's absolutely right. You know, the the Bible says God will is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. But sometimes our vision is so small and it. For me, I thought that my new normal forever would be this very broken person who was confused and unable to organize even the simplest things in my life. And I wish back then that I could have had even a 10% glimpse of what God was able to do in my life. But I... It's funny um, because we're talking about Mary, and actually I returned to the story of Mary, and one thing about her life that influenced me so much is that when God calls her to a hard challenge to bear this child, she accepts and moves forward. And I thought, you know, that's something I need to do. I know that God has allowed this to happen in my life, and yet He still preserved my life, so He has 
a reason for the suffering and that I survived it? And can I just stop worrying about the future and the implications of what God is calling me to and just trust the Lord and start moving forward and embrace God's call and be willing to say yes. So in exactly what you're asking me about, Mary's own life was really impactful for me. Okay, yeah, you're hearing the voice of Dr. Marina Hoffman sharing about her her life and the things that she's gone through, and then also taking a look at it through the lens of Scripture, through the life of Mary. And Marina, let me ask you this, because it seems like we're still dealing with uh, what happened through all the lockdowns that came out of COVID and everything like that, and we're still isolated from one another, but we can't really heal unless we are in community. How do we actually do that? Yes, I have experienced a powerful healing of God through community, and I didn't even know that was possible, Tom, but I've experienced it. And I'll tell you a story when monkeypox was announced. Remember that? A short yeah. week oh, or yeah. two, they threatened to shut us down. I think it was March 2021, 2022, and I was terrified. I had survived the first lockdown, and I knew that with a little two- or three-year-old, I could not do it again. I just knew something was very wrong with my life, and I wouldn't make it through. So I called two friends and said, I need you to commit to seeing me in person once a week, with your fa- once a month with your family. And just I'm going to look forward to that, and that's going to be life to me. I was very serious. I didn't know how I would survive without them. And they said yes, and that led to um, us getting together. I connected the two of us, and we started to meet once a month, and we brought our families together. And, you know, in about four months, I was a different person. Mm. And even though the world around me was isolated, I had my mind fixed on all the times we would be together. I started to pick up the phone and call, and I know some of your listeners are thinking that is so weird. But I probably make five to seven calls to my friends every day now, and it is life-giving. I love that you're talking about this because in our culture, we almost look at needing people, needing friendship, needing time as a weakness. And it's literally the way we're designed as humans by God to be around each other. And so thank you for your vulnerability in that. And I just, I I hope that people can really hear that. I know for myself during COVID, I had roommates and I remember hearing about the isolation and loneliness people were feeling. And I was like, thank you, Lord, because I don't feel that because I have people in the house with me every day. And so we're talking and interacting acting and helping each other. And so I was able to get through that period without feeling that isolation. And it literally was just because I had roommates and it really does make a difference. Yeah. And those roommates, I'm sure were a lifeline from the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. they speak life to us. They encourage us even in their joys and sorrows. And I, I was reading, I read, I've studied a lot about trauma to try and get better. And one fascinating piece I read is that you can get depressed if you have good news and joy and celebration, but no one to share it with. And that sounds so ironic. Mm. And I realized after reading, like, wait, that's true. Mm -hmm. When I get good news, if I have no one to share it with, no one answers the phone, it just kind of sits there and rots in my mind. And nothing, it's not at all like having a little joy or some good news and having someone just rejoice with you and be so happy because they knew it was something you were hoping for. And they've even prayed for you. 
That is wow. so profound. Marina, mm-hmm. thank you just so much for sharing uh, your research and what you learned a little bit about this. Mm. And uh, as we're wrapping up our time here, Marina, uh, somebody's listening to us that's struggling and maybe they can't really find joy. And it's Christmas time. They see the decorations, but they think that they're supposed to be feeling these things and experiencing them, but they just don't know how. Is there any practical advice you can give somebody who's struggling through that season right now? Yes, you know, Mary in her life was called blessed and favored by God. And as we think about what it means that we are blessed and we are favored by God, it changes our perspective. And it's so easy to get caught up in the negatives of life and the anxiety and fear. What if my child does not want to come home this Christmas? What if my parents start the same, you know, routine that creates arguments and fights in the home, all these stresses we have, maybe even the distraction of stressing out that our food won't be all right and just so, or we'll be condemned for it. And instead of all that, if we can fix our eyes on the blessings God has given us, every moment we have that's good with our family, to be thankful for it, to be thankful for those that maybe don't have the best of relationships with their families, that they have friends. And I think Having this focus on God's blessing makes us thankful for the good times and the blessings we have when we have them and gives us that appreciation for every day that really minimizes um, our sorrow and suffering and increases our joy.